I got to do a quick commercial. Um, it's from our missionary in Iraq. So if you're a missionary in Iraq, you can have one commercial. These are shoes. Um, did you know that? They're shoes. I'm going to put them on. I'm going to wear them because I told her I would. You can buy them at buyshoessavelives.com. And uh, for every pair of shoes you buy, the money goes to these heart surgeries for these kids in Iraq who can't afford this heart surgery that a lot of them need. And they're all handmade and stitched. And uh, I feel really insecure wearing them. But some of you guys are younger and cooler, and you can pull it off better. But uh, there you go. Okay, I did it. Um, how are you guys doing? Well, let me, let me start with this. Um, the other morning... My wife walks in, and I'm on the couch, and she just says one word. She just looks at me and goes, really? (laughs) There's so much in that one word, isn't there? And what she was responding to was I was on the couch, and my computer is here, and my five-year-old, this was before school started, she uh, she wanted to play Mario Kart on Wii with me, you know, it's a little racing game that she just figured out how to play, but she's terrible. And... uh, and so I'm holding this with one hand, and I'd already finished the race, but because she goes the wrong direction, it takes her another, like, 30 seconds. I can, I can talk to two people in that 30 seconds, so I'm just doing this and holding the uh, cart, pretending I'm still racing. And my wife just looks and goes, really? She goes, you can't just watch your daughter finish the race? And I'm like, you're right, you're right, you're right. What am I doing? You, you know, and how are you guys doing with that whole slow to speak Slow to become angry, just quick to listen, just want to hear people out. Um, I found myself just going up and down with that, knowing that biblically, I need to slow down. I got to take time for people, I got to listen to people, but then you get in that rush mode and that hurry, like I got to get all this stuff done. Um, But I did something this week that I haven't done in in a while. I took a cup, this this week I went to the gym, as you can tell. And um, (laughs) I... uh, but, but I did something specific. I said, you know, I'm going to leave my phone in my car. I'm not going to take anything with me. And in fact, I've got some time. I had, I had a couple of mornings where I, I'm, going to, I'm going to block out a good amount of time so that whoever I see, I'm going to actually look them in the eyes. And I'm actually going to talk to them. And I'm actually going to listen to them. In fact, I'm going to hear out everything they've got to say rather than cutting them off and rush. I, I, just wanna, I just wanna see what that feels like to talk to a human, um, rather than just going, hey, how are you? Good, 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 good. LOL. You know, it's just, uh, it was amazing. Uh, just, it, it, you know, a couple of people I didn't even know, but to sit down and, uh, or just be standing there and talking and introducing yourself and just listening. So, so what's your story? What's your life about? And talk to this one guy for like, you know, 40 something minutes, you know, just, Heard his whole life story. It was it was really cool. Um, but then right after that, you know, and, and, and he was kind of disillusioned with church and everything else and the whole scene. So it was good to talk it through. Then the next person I bumped into, you know, she'd been married for 30-something years and lost her husband. And, and just going, man, I, I can't even imagine. And she tells me about how people just make quick statements, you know, and, hey, you'll get over you. And she goes, it, it's not that easy. I go, yeah, I'm so sorry if... People have said things like that to you because you'll never get over it. It doesn't, you don't just move on after being one with someone for so long. And then talk to another, another person who, you know, just had this crazy testimony, but now is walking with the Lord. And it's like, wow, it's really cool. And, 
And, and, and the more I talk to people and sit down and actually be quick to listen, the more you realize there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of things going on in people's lives. And I was thinking about how if they just came to a service, uh, they wouldn't have gotten a whole lot out of it. Um, because sometimes you really need to have someone hear you out and know what's going on in your life. And, and that's what gets so frustrating about Sundays because I, I, now uh, the more I talk, the more I go, okay, there's, there are a lot of things going on in this room and, and people need something different. Each person needs something different. And I know, I, I walk up here knowing I'm going to miss it with some of you. I, I just am. See, see some of you, uh, this may have been the toughest week of your life. And you would just give anything for me to just sit down and just hear you out and maybe find some scriptures that apply to your situation. Because you just need that right now. You just found out that someone in your family has cancer. Or, or you lost someone so dear to you. And, and you really just need someone to sit there and, and, and encourage you and support you. And, and you, you feel like giving up. Some of you, it, it was a while ago and, and the pain's coming back and, and no one gets it. No one gets it. And then others of you, man, this is maybe your first time ever in a church-type gathering, and you're just trying to figure out what this is all about. You don't understand Jesus. You don't understand who he is. You see this big cross there. You don't get it. And I wish I could just sit down and just talk to you and just look you in the eye and go, okay, ask me, what what are your questions? Because I had a bunch of questions when I first tried to understand this for myself. And, and I wish I could I'd give a message just for you. And then, then others, maybe you haven't been a part of this church system thing for a long time because you, you grew up in it and you saw so much hypocrisy and there was so much junk and maybe some things even happened to you from, from someone and, and you're going, man, so I just never would set, I swore I would never set foot in a place like that again. And now you're here and I'd love to... I'd love to hear you out and, and see what, what, what is it, um, what, what happened to you, and, and, and what are even some things in my life that might be offensive to you. Um, and then there's other people who, you are those hypocrites <laughs> that uh, call yourself Christians, and you're the one that turns those people off to church, and, and I wish I could sit down with you. <laughs> And, uh, and because you need something different, you, you actually need someone to care enough to get in your face and tell you you can't live this way. You're, you're dragging the name of Christ in the mud, but not only that, but you're destroying yourself that way. It's not the way God wants you to live. And maybe you need someone to, to, to get in your face a, a little bit and, and to love you enough to do that, and I'd love to do that for you. And, uh, you know, and there's other people that... You're not even listening to me right now. You're texting someone, and, uh, I, and I, 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 I wish I could just sit you down and throw your phone and just say, no, look at me in the eyes right now. This is really important stuff I'm about to say. And, and you, know, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, okay, so then I get up here and go, God, half an hour, and let me just change everyone's life. You know, let me, let me hit that wide spectrum of people. And you just go, it's impossible. And... And, and even a guy after service, last service was saying, he goes, you know, I, I sent you this email and I got one of your standard responses, you know, because you've got this form letter. A lot of you have gotten it. And, and I go, man, I feel terrible. But what, what can I do? Either I choose to spend 10 seconds with everyone or I pick a couple individuals. And uh, maybe we have a lottery system. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you do? It's, it's like, it's impossible. And, I, and, and we've got to get back to these deep relationships with people. A few deep relationships to maybe sit down with one person for half an hour rather than trying to respond to 50 in that same half an hour. And we just assume the more is better, but not necessarily. And, and that's why we, we really try to emphasize these relationships, even in your own neighborhoods, even in your workplace with other believers, because if this is all you get of, of God is this, this one little service, man, that's, that's, that's not nearly enough. And we need to be getting into each other's lives and, and listening. And, and we all need a, just a, a few people, a few people in our lives to dig deep and to hear them and to, to speak words of wisdom, to actually know them. And uh, having said that, though, I, I feel like what I want to share with you this morning is, is the most important lesson I've ever learned in church. And it was when I was about 14 years old. My youth pastor taught me how to spend time alone with God. Because no one's going to get you better than, than he does. And I'm so glad, like, the one thing I, I, I took away during that time, because, you know, we all have these church experiences and things we don't like, this, but, but there's one thing that I'm so glad he just ingrained into my head was you got to get alone. Because there's something that you, you get that you, you won't get through a sermon, through someone teaching you, and you won't get from another friend explained to you. There's something that, that happens when you are alone with God and, and, and you actually read this book book for yourself and you read a few verses and it just jumps out at you and you just get these things out of it and and you talk to him and he responds directly to you and things happen during the day and where you go wait a second man this is not about just this church and this group of people it's not just about him and his relationship with god that i'm learning from but but you you you've got this personal intimate time with him and uh there's some there's this passage in uh, in in First Peter, and I know we were, I told you we we're going to get into Second Peter, but as a, as I was reading through First Peter, just to get the background and just to get 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 ramped up, there were some things I thought, okay, I got to at least share this. Okay, I got to at least share a few verses out of First Peter today before we jump into Second Peter. Um, but First Peter chapter one, uh, verses twenty four and twenty five. Listen to what it says. It says, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Okay, he says, all flesh, he's talking about us. See, see, see your body, see, see you know, your, your skin and everything. It's a weird thing, but we need to think this through. He says, all of this, see, see, see this? This body up here, it's, it's like grass. Okay, it's, it's like when you walk out and you see grass or you see a flower. Okay, how long is that flower going to last? You know, it'll last a little while. It'll look good for a little while. You know, if you water it, you take care of it, it'll look good. But it's going to start wilting. And that happens to us, right? You know, it's like, okay, you know, look at yourself as a plant, man. Why don't, don't take yourself so seriously. Okay, you might look good right now, but you're not always going to look good. And it gets more and more expensive to look good. And, uh, and then it's like, wow, you paid a lot to look good, and you still don't look that great. It's just this whole... <laughs> he goes, so, so why, why even fight it? He goes, 
don't you understand? Everyone's like a flower, you know? Yeah, you'll you'll spring up, you'll have your glory days, but it's going to be over. But he says, there's only one thing that lasts. And, And he says, that's the word of the Lord. See, he says, the word of the Lord is different from that. Um, when, when, when you're gone, this will still be here and this will still be true. This is timeless. See, when God says something, it's always going to be true. This is not going to be obsolete when we die and go to heaven. God doesn't say, okay, now I take that back. No, this is the word of God and abides forever. And we have to be people that that learn how to love this. I don't know if you spend time alone with this. I don't know if you read it for yourself. But, you know, nowadays, you know, we have podcasts where you can just jump on the computer and listen to anyone. You know, all sorts of people all across the nation teaching the word of God. That's great. That's great. Okay, could do that. You've got access to all sorts of different Christian books and devotionals and, and videos and whatever else. Great, great. Do that. But... It's not going to replace this. This is so good. You've got to be alone just reading this. There's, there's something that happens. There's something where it's just you and God and the Holy Spirit and, and his word that's going to speak to you. And, and then you know that it's, it's, it's directly from him. It's not through this third party. And I'd love to help you and tell you what God's teaching me out of his word. But there's, there's just something where it's just you and him. And he says that the word of the Lord remains forever. And this, is, this word is the good news that was preached to you. Remember, this is Peter speaking. Peter, whom we're going we're gonna to be studying, Second Peter, one of his letters. And he says, you know, the things that I said to you, the things that I preached to you, these, these, this is the good news. This is the word of God. And then in chapter 2 of First Peter, verses 2 and 3, you know, it's, it's like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. That by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So he goes long for, he goes, he goes like a newborn infant. Those of you who have, uh, who have had kids or we've all heard kids, um, babies that uh, didn't get their bottle. You, you know when the baby doesn't get the bottle and you always see the mom frantically looking for the bottle because nothing else, you're, you're sticking your finger in his mouth. Come on, suck on my finger. Just, just whatever. Nothing's going to work. You know, it's just, you ever see that baby just in this frustration, just this screaming beside himself, beside herself? Why? Because nothing's going to satisfy until you get that bottle and then shut that thing up. You know, it's like, okay. And then, you know, suddenly this contentment, ah, ah. What what scripture says is we should be like newborn infants longing for this. Like, you know, okay, that was great. That was great. That was great. I just want this though. You you know, what's crazy is, is, okay, I, I, I couldn't even believe this statement. Um, I, I did that pastor's conference I was telling you about last week. One of the comments that came back, I really didn't like Francis Chan's message. It seemed like all he did was read scripture to us. <laughs> Way too much scripture. That's, this is at a pastor's conference. This is, where, this is where our world is headed. You know, we want a quick soundbite. We want a quick story. We want a quick illustration. And the Bible says, man, you know how a baby doesn't want all this other... He just wants his, his, his milk. He just wants some milk right now. 
He goes, that's the way we ought to be with this book. Like, just, just, just give me the word. Just, just, see, there's something about this. And, 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 but here's the thing is, it's long for this, this pure spiritual milk. You know, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If you have tasted. If you have tasted. See, as I talk about my time in the Word, because sometimes I just read this book and I'm alone, and I like listening to other people. I like reading books, but I kind of like reading books, but there's nothing like it. There's nothing like, you know, you know this morning I'm in the parking lot and I'm, I'm reading again and I'm just going, God, I don't, I don't want to miss a day of this. Like, this is so good. You know those moments when, when you've read a passage over and over again, but then this time you're like, what? That's exactly what I needed. God, how did you know? And, 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 you, and, you, and then you start praying and you have this time and, and, and it's just this relationship that's going on. And you guys, I don't get that from church. I don't get that from other people. I don't get that from other people telling me what it says. There's just something. And, and I remember it's, it's not something that's really crazy too, because some people go, well, well, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that like you do. I go, man, no, I was 14 when I started reading this and really getting it. And, and I, I look back at those times, you know, this verse that says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. I remember being a high school student and, and, and reading these words. And, and I remember going to my pastor one time and going, man, I, I get it now. I, I get like, you know, I remember just coming in one morning and going, you know, it's like, I'm in love with him. Like he's in love with me. It's this love relationship. I'm starting to get it. And, and, and there were just those times and there've always been those times. And, and what gets me through life and excited about life are those times alone. I've tasted it. It's good. It's so good. And nothing else compares. There's times when I go, I don't want to go do anything. I got to leave now. God, I got to go. I got responsibilities. <laughs> this sucks, but I, I just want to be with you. I don't want to leave. This is so, so good. And even this morning, it was like, another one of those times now as i talk about this some of you go i totally know what you're talking about i totally know i totally know and and for some of you maybe you've gotten away from that because of the busyness i'm talking to more and more people who are spending less and less time alone with the word of god and i'm just saying don't you remember how good it tasted don't you remember those times when you're just absolutely at peace because it's just you and God and your Bible? And you're like, oh, this is so good. And somewhere you got away from that. And the Bible says, get back to it. Like a newborn baby, you, you, you got to have it. And even as I describe it, you guys are going, okay, now I remember. But we've gotten to this busyness and this busyness. Not only do we not get in deep relationships with other people, but we get out of a deep relationship with God. And it's like we, we'd rather just kind of text him a real quick uh, statement. Hey, help me with this today. I got a test. And just get him out of the way. Let me get my devotion time out of the way. Let me my time alone with God out of the way versus just this deep relationship, the grace relationship you can have on this earth. Now, some of you, though, you may read that verse and go, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Some of you hear me talk, and I may as well be speaking in Chinese right now. Because you're going, what are you talking about? You're alone with this book, and you talk to someone, and it's the greatest time of your day, and it's the greatest thing of your life, and you've got this relationship, and it's so good to you. It's, it's so foreign to you, and, and I can't explain it to you. Um, I'm just telling you, try it. I, I encourage everyone today, everyone this week, 
Okay, we're going we're gonna to start studying Second Peter and some of his writings. I encourage you to read First Peter this week, every day. Like, read through the whole book of First Peter every day. It doesn't take that long. It's probably 15, 20 minutes. In fact, this morning, I was timing myself because I thought, okay, let me just tell them how long it takes. And, uh, and I just started the clock, and I, I thought, okay, I'm going to read through First Peter. But then I got to, like, verse 8, and I was like, this is so good. And I just started meditating on it. And I, you know, then I was going back to verses 3 and 4 going, man, that's so good, God. Oh, this is nuts. I haven't thought about this in so long. And so I only got to eight verses. So I don't know how long it takes. But, um, <laughs> but and then that may happen. That may happen to you as you're reading. You're just going, what in the world? This is so good. But just try it. Just try it. Because, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss some of you on a Sunday morning. Like, we're going to just fly by each other. I'll be on one wavelength because of my relationship with God. You'll be thinking something different. We'll miss each other. And that's why you've got to depend on that time alone with God. If this is all you get, your, 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 your walk with God is in big, big trouble um, if this is what you depend on. Um, but you've got to long for it yourself. Let me just throw some thoughts out from 1 Peter this week, and then we'll get into 2 Peter in the weeks to come. But 1 Peter 1, he starts off the book. He says, Peter, an apostle. You guys know who Peter is, right? Peter was one of the disciples. Peter's the one that chopped that guy's ear off. Peter's the one that walked on water. Remember when, when you know? So this, this, it's, it's that Peter. This is the same Peter that also denied Jesus three times during that whole crucifixion arresting time because he was freaking out. They're seeing, he's seeing what's happening to Jesus and they're like, hey, aren't you with him? And he's like, no, 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 I'm not one of his guys. Okay, so this, this is Peter, but then after, uh, this, this is the Peter that, uh, that, that told Jesus, no, you're, you're the Christ, you're, you're the Messiah, you're, you're the Son of God. And, and uh, this, is, this is the Peter that, uh, that Jesus uses to, to, to establish the church through him and through the apostles. And it's the foundation of, when it says an apostle, understand, it's talking about this group of men back then. And we can argue about this apostolic gift, which I believe in, in some ways still exists today. But there was a uniqueness about these people back then that actually walked with Jesus. In fact, you remember when Judas betrayed him and hung himself? Um, the apostles felt this need, the disciples felt this need to replace him. But one of the requirements is we, we need to find someone who was with us the time the Lord Jesus was actually here on the earth and actually saw him. So there was something about being an eyewitness. Now, the apostle Paul Sorry if I'm giving you more background than you care to know. The Apostle Paul is an apostle too. But he describes, and I, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 9, when he says, I'm also an apostle because he got to see Jesus at a later time. Remember when he was on that road to Damascus, Jesus actually appears to him. And so an apostle isn't something that you proclaim yourself. I am Apostle Francis. You know, it's, it's something God commissioned these people and gifted them to start these works and, and get the church going. And so Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and he's writing to those who, he calls them elect exiles of the dispersion. In Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Those are all areas in what we would call modern-day Turkey or Asia Minor back then. Um, now, but the, this phrase, to those, he's writing this letter to those who are elect. Elect, 
it's, you know what elections are, you know, you, you choose someone, you pick someone, you elect someone. That's, that's what this word means, is this idea of God choosing or electing them. Elect exiles. An exile is, if you remember in the Old Testament, remember when the, the, the Jews were taken out of Israel and they were, you know, put in exile out in Babylon, like you're taken out of your land and, uh, and of the dispersion. And it's this idea of dispersing. In the New Testament, uh, all of the, the, the Christians that were or the, the Jewish believers there in Jerusalem were, were scattered because of the persecution, so they were dispersed everywhere. And, and, and really the truth is, is, is we're all supposed to live like these exiles. This word exile is, is also translated in some of your Bibles, the word alien, like you're not from this country or this planet, um, in, in a sense. You know, it's this idea that we don't really belong. You ever feel that way? Like on the earth, when, when you, you, know, you get closer and closer to God and to this book and you try to live like this, pretty soon you're looking at every movie, every TV show, everything people are talking about, and you're going, man, I feel so out of place. Like, I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. And, and this morality that people are coming up with where everything goes, you're going, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. Why? Because you're from somewhere else. And that's his idea. And he, he, but he explains that these people that are all over the place, we're not all huddled together in one country and all the believers together. We're dispersed everywhere, but that's the plan of God. Understand that. Some of you, you know, you're in your workplace and you're the only Christian there. You know what? That's the plan of God. He doesn't want us all in one room and, you know, one place. He puts you in this unique place. He says you are elect exiles of the dispersion. In fact, God chose you to go to these places. God chose you to be this, this alien, in a sense, on this earth um, and dispersed you everywhere according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Somehow, this is not random chance. That we are all in this room today here, those watching, you know, it's, it's not a random chance that, 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 uh, that this is working everywhere and people are listening and, and whatever the message is, it's, it's all the foreknowledge of God. Somehow this was planned out and somehow I'm not in control. Um, and, and even as I was reading that, I was like, ah, oh, it's so good. Sometimes I feel like I have to fix things or it's up to me. And, and you just forget, wait a second. The only reason why I'm here and talking to you today and studying the word of God is God's put me in this position. And he knew this was going to happen before. And so I'm going to be able to pull it off and I can pull off whatever he throws my way. Because it's really not up to me. It's the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Go ahead and go to verse 3. In verse 3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again. Can you just look at that part? According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. Why are you here today if you have a relationship with God and you're forgiven and you're going to heaven and everything is great, you know? Why is that? Is it because you were such a good person? And because God saw, wow, there's a really good guy. I'm going to let him know me. 
Or, you know, she's done so many good works, I'm going to save her. No, it's just, it's according to his mercy. You understand mercy? Mercy is when you ought to be punished, but God decides, I'm not going to punish you. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to bless you instead. That, that's the idea of mercy. You didn't earn anything. This was all because of God. See, God was doing something. It was in the foreknowledge of him. He chose me. He got me here. He placed me here. This is all his doing. And I just got to praise God for that. And it was just a great reminder in the, in the car this morning. It's going, God... I'm sorry, man. I get so focused on me, like I gotta fix this, 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 and I just forget. You did everything for me. And, uh, and you caused me to be born again to living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And listen to this to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. This is why I didn't get through the book this morning. As I'm just, I'm going, man, when's the last time I just thought about the fact that God put me in this place because he just chose to be merciful. He said, I'm going to take this screw up and I'm going to cause him to be born again and give him this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. I'm going to put my spirit in that guy. And then not only that, but he's got this inheritance now that is imperishable. You, you can't hurt it. I don't need to insure it. I got this inheritance that you wouldn't even believe. You can't get your mind around what, what's coming to me. You have no idea. It's undefiled. It's perfect. It's unfading. It's not lessening. and It's not like your 401k. It's fading. It's unfading. It's just, it's, it's always there. It's, and I love that. It kept in heaven for you. Isn't that insane? Like, so all of this was just showered upon me, given to me. And I'm stressed. I'm freaking out. I'm not happy. <laughs> I, I don't have this joy that we were talking about last week. And, and here's, 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 I know those were great. But okay, here's one that, that I just loved, and we'll, we'll camp on this. Though you have not seen him, you love him. <laughs> Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Is this true of you this morning? That even though you, you've never seen God, you love him. Gosh, I, I was reading that. I go, that's what I'm trying to explain. That's what I'm trying to explain about these times and the word. And it's, it's so real. It's so real. And I can't, I, I can't have you taste that the Lord is good. I, I can tell you how good it tastes. I can tell you how good it is, these times with God. But I can't make it. I can't shove it down your throat so that you taste something. You know, it's something you have to choose to do. And, and, but it is good. And, and, and this says it perfectly. Though you have not seen him, you love him. 
Like, like there's this intimacy. You love him with all your heart, soul, mind. And I know that sounds so bizarre to some of you. You're going, man, what do you mean you love him? You don't even see him. You, you, you don't, you, you don't have that audible voice coming down. You don't physically see with your eyes. And it's like, no, you don't get it. I, I do, I do, I do. I just love him. And, and, and even though I don't see him now, I do believe in him. And not only that, but I rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. And I think that's the frustration is when you get it and then you try to explain it, it just doesn't make any sense to people who don't get it. In fact, the Bible says the natural man won't understand the things of God. That supernaturally the Holy Spirit has to Again, this is all God's doing. Somehow has to open your eyes to how good this relationship with him can be. And last week, I, we, we shared a little bit out of Galatians 4. Remember that? And I talked about being known by God. And we talked about that passage where the Spirit cries out, Abba, Father. And, and I, I wanted to go back to that as I looked at First Peter and then talked about the Word of God and everything else. And I thought, you know what? I filmed something about a month or two ago. It's, it's like a DVD thing that's going to go with the, the new book um, on the Holy Spirit. And I just saw the rough cuts like two days ago. And as I was watching this thing that we filmed a while ago, I thought, man, this is going to explain it better than I can do it by myself. You know, that's what the advantage of video is sometimes. So if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to show you this uh, clip because this is everything that I'm trying to say, I think. I know that I'm loved by God. Um, like everything in me knows that God loves me. It's, it's exactly like what he says in the Bible about how the Holy Spirit somehow inside of me cries out, Abba, Father. He gives me this security that I can call him Daddy. He is my Father, and I know I'm loved by him. And, and I struggled because I thought, okay, how do I explain that, though? Because I don't know how to explain how I know. Even though everything in me knows, I don't know how to explain in such a way that, that, that you, don't, you don't think to yourself, okay, well, that's how... Francis relates to, to the Father, so I need to do the same thing. Because it's going to be different. I, I mean, even though we have the same Holy Spirit in us, and even though He will call all of us as His children, He'll somehow cause us to call out, Abba, Father, it's going to look differently. And I thought, how do I explain it then? And I thought, you know, the best way I could explain this is, is through my children and my relationships with them. Kids are so different. Like, it's almost weird. It's almost weird that they are so different from each other. Like, how could they all be my kids? Because their personalities are so different. Rachel's my firstborn, and how do you describe all the feelings and all the history of of these years of relationship and your first child? And she's in high school now, and. Probably the f the best thing about her, or my favorite thing about her anyways, is is the change that's taken place about a year ago. I was I was really definitely just a brat. You did not want to walk past me if you weren't wearing true religion jeans. And it was just like, I was, I was scary. And um, I remember uh, I was, you know, lying about a bunch of stuff and going behind a parent's back. 
And I remember just all the sin that was in my life and stuff. And then I remember um, this conversation that I had with my dad. She did this complete turnaround where her faith became her own. The Holy Spirit came into her and it's, it's changed everything. Our relationship is so different now. There's a depth to it. And now that she's a teenager, it's changed so much because it's become more of a friendship and it's not just authority and, and my little kid, but she's my friend. He just told me, he was like, Rachel, what you're doing right now, like, these are evil works, you know? And, I mean, he didn't raise, he wasn't yelling at me or anything. It was all out of love and compassion, you know? But he was just like, this is the truth. This is what you're doing, and this is what I need to tell you. And just the greatest memory I have of my dad was him sitting me down and, you know, confronting me and telling me, like, this isn't how you should be living. You can tell the Holy Spirit's in someone's life because they're so convicted in what they do and God just leads them everywhere they go and they're so joyful even when nothing's going right. There's a uniqueness about Mercy in that uh, she's so sensitive. She's sensitive to a lot of things but especially to ever doing anything wrong and I love that about her. Like she just she wants to uh, she wants to never sin. I mean, and when she sins, she just uh, she feels awful about it. She, she breaks over it. There's also this compassionate side about her where if she sees someone that's hurting or in need, she, she really wants to just go and, and befriend them and, and care for them. There's that sensitive spirit. What I like about my dad is that somehow, even though he's gone every day, I always feel like I have all the time in the world to play with him, and what he's doing is so great. She loves to play. She's, she's incredibly competitive, and so for me, it's just making that time to go and compete with her and play with her, and that's kind of my love language with Merce, is the more I can play with her, the more she's just secure that, that Dad loves her. The thing I love about Zeke is He's so happy. He just, um, he's easygoing, you, you know? It doesn't take a whole lot to entertain him. He, he loves to uh, just grab a bat and hit me. <laughs> That's like one of his favorite things to do is just grab the bat and just wail on me as hard as, it, it's a foam bat. It's not like a aluminum bat, but it's just, he loves to hit, he loves to punch. And, and, and so it's, it's weird. Like my showing love to Zeke is, is by letting him hit me as much as he wants. And that's kind of our, our male bonding time. I'm not getting killed. I only beat Daddy up when I was playing dinosaur. The best way to show love toward Ellie is, is basically just doing whatever she wants me to do, whether it's get her milk, get her candy, get her crackers. One of my favorite stories of her is, is one time she was sitting on the couch, you know, and she's just in her underwear and she's got her, her bottle in one hand with milk and she's got like a cookie in the other hand and she's just laying on the couch watching some cartoon and Zeke asked her to, to go get her, get his milk uh, for, for him and, and she's sitting there laying on the couch just going, Merce, can you get Zeke his milk? I'm kind of busy. I just remember thinking, wow, she's such a slob. Daddy's stronger than Mommy, and Mommy's stronger than Daddy. Hmm, who eats more? Daddy. With Rachel, the best way to show her love is uh, is to listen. 
She loves to talk. It's kind of weird, huh? High school girl that loves to talk, but、uh, she loves to talk. And and when I really show interest and care about what's going on in her life, I, I feel like that's the most loving thing I can do for her right now is just to listen to her. Conference with all college students. It was like five thousand college students, and I and I took Mercy with me, and she was only five years old at the time, and someone was watching her there in the front row. And I, I remember there was this one point when I was just really getting into it, it just a serious point. I was ready to wrap everything up, and suddenly I see Mercy walking onto stage. I'm trying to ignore her. I'm trying to look at the guy who's supposed to be watching her, and he's going. She got away, and 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 she's up there, and she's right next to me, and and I just instinctively thought, ah, you know what? I just pick her up. This is right in the middle of my talk, and everyone's watching, and and she comes up, and I hold her right there, and and I got my you know little microphone right here, so everyone's hearing this conversation where I just I just look and I go, hey, Mercy, what do you want?、And、I remember her just going. Dad, I just want to be with you. And the moment everyone heard that out of her mouth, you hear all the girls go, "Oh, you know." And I'm, I'm holding her right there, and I ended up just holding her for the rest of my talk, and really even using it as an example because I said, "Look, see this comfort level that Mercy has with me. It doesn't matter that I'm standing on a stage. She doesn't think of Dad as." Oh, he's at a very serious point. I can't interrupt him. All she knows is that's my dad up there, and I can go up to him any time I want. See, that's that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. He gives us this sense of comfort that I can cry out, "Daddy!" Any time I need to. Do I know that God is a holy God, and 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 I ought to show reverence? And、uh, absolutely, of course, He's holy. The angels are screaming out His holiness. At the same time, the Bible says that I can approach that throne with with a sense of confidence because of what Jesus has done for me. And 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 I and it's not just the Word of God. Obviously, I know because the Word of God. But then there's also this internal witness of the Spirit that tells me, yes, you can cry out. Abba, Father, it's the security. The reason why I, I I I tell you about my relationship with each of these kids is I want you to see that I show love to them differently. But it's so important to me. At the end of the day, it is very, 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 very important to me as a father. I want each one of my kids to know. I want them all to know deep in their hearts. I want them to be absolutely sure that Daddy loves them. I, they've got to know that. They know. For me, I'm not perfect. They're not perfect kids. But at the end of the day, they got to know I love them. I'm crazy about them, and so I'll love them in a special way because that's very important to me that they know that they are loved. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It's it's somehow His Spirit crying out and letting us know that we're loved by Him. We're sons. We're not slaves. And our spirits cry out for Him in a relationship. Listen, my relationship with God is just as real. It's every bit as real as my relationships with my kids. I can't see God, but I tell you, our relationship is real. 
He, he is my father. He, he is my daddy. He is... He's... he's. <laughs> if you told me God's not real, I'd be like, that's like saying Rachel's not real or Mercy's not real. I know. I, he, he and I were so close. There's a relationship. And I want everyone to experience that relationship, yet it's not something I can teach. Um, it's something really that you have to trust from God's word, but also it's something that you experience through your own relationship with him. And that comes through the Holy Spirit of God. And my prayer is that you're enjoying relationship. Is it about obedience? And rules and authority yeah but it goes beyond that it, it truly is relationship just as real as any other earthly relationship here's one that's even more real relationship and that's what the Holy Spirit burns into our souls and that's what I'd love for you to experience more importantly that's what God would love for you to experience mm. Is that what you have with God today? Do you feel before him like my kids feel before me? Like it's different with me, but it's kind of the same. Like there's just this love. It's real. I know I'm loved. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. I can see it in your eyes. And there's some of you that are going, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure that I have that security you know, I, I don't know that I could just walk up on stage or just come right before his throne and talk to him and that he loves me and I can be secure in him. And At some point, I hope you get it. I pray for that day. And maybe even today, uh, there may be some of you that go, I want that. Can I have it right now? I mean, my dad, God knows everything I've done. Are you sure he'll forgive me? And and I know many of us in this room have wrestled with that question um, because there's, there's a lot of stuff that has happened just with us in our lives. And uh, I can just be one voice, one child that tells you, yeah, he can forgive you of everything. And you really can have and experience this joy that's just inexpressible. And I wish you could taste that the Lord is good.